to greet the children of God in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. Amen. We are thankful once more that God gives us time and time again to hear his word and to marinate ourselves in knowing what God's heartbeat is. Our theme, as you may remember, is on the fact that God has magnified his word above all his name. 
And the subtopic that we're dealing with is entitled The Spirit of Self-Upliftment Results in a Great Fall. Today, we're going to study a character, and it is all in the book of Daniel. We will look at the four chapters, and that is chapter 1 up to chapter 4. Our character is a great man, a man that was uplifted by God, a man that was given ability to rule the world in his time. And who is our character today? Our character is a king of Babylon and his name is Nebuchadnezzar. As chapter 1 begins, we pick up in verse 1 that uh, he besieged Judah in the third year of the reign of a king of children of God, King Jehoiakim. Now Jehoiakim is a son of King Josiah, and Josiah had two sons. One of them was known as Eliakim, and his name was changed to Jehoiakim. It is at the time when Jehoiakim was king of Judah, and in his third year, Nebuchadnezzar besieged. In other words, he surrounded Judah, and he took over Banabamodimo. All this happens at a time when the whole world was actually ruled by Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar was the king of his time. So what he did, he took over Barnabam Modimo and uh, he took them as slaves and he also took the vessels of honor that were in the house of God and he took them to his kingdom. That is King Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to continue our lesson as we study this king in the book of Daniel chapter 2. And as Daniel chapter 2 begins, we learn that uh, when King Nebuchadnezzar was in his second year of reigning as a king of Babylon and having taken over all the other territories in his vicinity, he dreamed dreams to a point where Nebuchadnezzar could not sleep and his spirit was troubled. He did not remember when he woke up the next day what the, the dream was, neither did he remember what the dream meant. So in his wisdom, he called everybody in his kingdom that were the best of the best, people who had claimed that they could interpret dreams, that they could foretell things, that they would know what is in the heart of men. And we're talking about the magicians and everybody else. He called them and he requested them to tell him what he dreamt and secondly to explain what that dream meant. And no one could explain it. No one could remember actually Remembering in this case is out of the question. No one knew what he had dreamt. And Nebuchadnezzar was troubled to a point, more ailing are 
haba ka semlele toro e abileng le yona go ra gore ba ka se khone le go itlhalosa gore toro yeo e ne bua ka eng ka le baka le o tlo bola batho ka o fela ba ba leng teng ba ba leng botlhale ba ba ne ba motsibisa dilo tse ba reng o hloka go ditseba because they were prophets they were magicians they were soothsayers and they had made themselves a name trusted by this king that they could interpret whatever the king needed at a point when they could not interpret it the king sent a word throughout the kingdom ya babylon and he said if they are not able to tell him what he dreamed he's going to kill all of them so then came a time where daniel one of the recruits and if i can call him one of the slaves because he was taken away from his country from judah together with the other three hebrew boys lebabang batlisitwe mo babylon and daniel atsebaleha ale mothobohlale atsebaleha a khona dilo tse dirileng when he heard that the king is going to kill all the wise people in the kingdom of babylon he requested time out and he asked his three brothers Eling Shadrach Meshach and Abednego to pray with him and they prayed unto the living god to a point where god gave daniel the dream and god gave daniel the interpretation of the dream and this is basically the biggest focus point e ileng gore e thoma bophelo ba rona re tle re bone taba yeah this king called Nebuchadnezzar when daniel told the king his dream and when he told him what the interpretation is it made all the difference eriri latele heba na ba modimo that what transpired daniel said to the king i am not able to tell you what this dream is number one neither am i able to interpret the dream Secondly Daniel says the dream was not given to me because I am wise or I am better than anybody else but as for me this is in verse 30 but as for me this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than other people but for their sake that shall make known the interpretation to the king and that thou might know the thoughts of your hearts daniel then brought the interpretation to the king what was this dream that the king dreamed and i'm going to focus on a few verses here at this point bahlanga ba modimo the king of babylon had conquered many nations he had taken over nations as slaves to a point where he had also taken over a nation known as led by the almighty god he had also stripped the house of god and has taken vessels out of the house of god and brought them into the treasure house of his god already at this point we are picking up that the god of nebuchadnezzar was not the same god of the israelites hobani the vessels the spoils the adinkang ko juda 
Oditlisa ko nkung ya modimwana wakhaghe. Yena una le modimo o different was the Israelites had the almighty God as their God. So his belief was that he was empowered by his own God and therefore his God needed to be recognized. At this point, Nebuchadnezzar thought and believed that his success came from his God, who is more powerful than the God of the Jews. So he credited his God by taking the spoils from Judah into the treasure house of his God. Please note that Nebuchadnezzar was a wise man. He understood at this point, because now he begins to build the country for the better. He understood that if you are building the country for the future, there are things you must consider. Number one, you do not appoint your friends. Neither do you appoint people whose wisdom is lower than your wisdom. You do not appoint those people who have no capacity to learn more than what they already know at that point when you appoint them. You do not appoint people that are in the same age group as you are because you are building for the future. You want success to continue beyond your lifetime. King Nebuchadnezzar understood and he made a perfect choice. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 4, we pick up that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar appointed people who had no blemish. They had no defects. Neither did they have scandals. They did not have wardrobes that were locked with things that would be embarrassing if the wardrobe was to be opened. Number two, he appointed people that were well-mannered, who have skill and knowledge. People who have understanding of science and technology. People who are able to communicate with others at all levels. So as a king, in order to do this, you must have the capacity and capability to assess whether people you've appointed would actually be able to support the vision you have and really lead your people with great wisdom. So it means you must be wise yourself. And King Nebuchadnezzar fitted that profile. In chapter 1 of Daniel, verse 6 and 7, inclusive of verse 20, he did very many things, this king. Number one, he made a choice to choose people that would carry Babylon to become a continuous powerhouse. Two, when you have taken people over, you change their names. Check the Hebrew boys. It was Hananiah, whose name God changed to Shadrach. Mishael, God changed to Meshach. Azariah became Abednego, and Daniel became Belteshazzar. So he changed their names altogether because he wants their history to be written off, and he wants them to learn the new ways of doing things. In Daniel chapter 2, as we had already begun, the king 
gets an interpretation of his dream and he gets to know what he had dreamed, which he had forgotten at the time. So when Daniel was called to interpret the dream of the king, he said the following in verse 27 of Daniel chapter 2. The secret which the king has demanded, in other words, to require people to know what you have dreamed, is an impossible demand. Because the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers cannot tell you, king, what you dreamed. What is the lesson here? The lesson is that there are people who like to take the credit for what they did not bring about. And if you do not know that you do not know, you will perish because people will make merchandise of you. They will prophesy anything and say it is about you. And you will pay a hefty price for nothing. In verse 28, Daniel says to the king, But there is a God in heaven that reveals and makes known to the king what shall happen in the latter days. That means eschatology, which is the study of things of the end. Again, we learn here that some people need to know that there's a God in heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar did not know that there's a God in heaven, but he had thought that there's a God that can be kept in a storeroom where things can be brought into the storeroom for him and be recognized. So he had to learn that there is a God in heaven. We also learned that trusting in man is unprofitable and trusting in things is stupidity. Lastly, trusting in other gods is lacking wisdom. King Nebuchadnezzar did not know that there is a God in heaven. That is why he said the following when he got to know what the dream he had was all about and he got to hear the interpretation. In Daniel chapter 2 verse 47, King Nebuchadnezzar said the following, It is true that your God, Daniel, is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets. He truly did not know the God of Daniel at this point. And God gave him insight through Daniel that he is God in heaven and he's able to reveal the dreams. The problem with humanity, the same problem that Nebuchadnezzar had, is that when you become so successful, you begin to think that you are making it on your own. And the spirit of self-upliftment kicks in, and unfortunately we know that it results in a great fall. And Daniel told the king what he had dreamed and what it meant, and this is actually what the dream was all about. Daniel said to the king, Thou king, so a great image whose brightness was excellent and its form was awesome. This image you saw, king, it had a head 
of fine gold. Well, remember that gold glitters. Gold is indestructible. And gold is the most desirable amongst the precious stones. Secondly, this image had the breast and the arms of silver. It had the belly and thighs of brass, the legs of iron, and feet were part iron and part clay. And Daniel went on to say, Thou, O king, art the king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Wheresoever people dwell, the beast of the field, the fowls of the air, God has given them into thine hand, so that you should rule over them, because you, king, are the head of gold in this image. Ribona Kaloso Illemosa Hore Kosikiena Koho Yahauta Mositwansong Sena Sesaholo Satoro E Abileng Leona. Remember now that it is gold that people require and they desire more of. Come on. Monakong Moribadilenteng. Rekhonahubona Hore. It is God who made King Nebuchadnezzar powerful. It is God who had subjected all kings under his authority. And it is God who made King Nebuchadnezzar unconquerable. And it is God that gave him wisdom. He had it all as the most powerful king of the world at that time. Unfortunately, the spirit of self-upliftment took over. Kimoriyanko chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and the breadth was 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon. I want you to be aware that it is not by default that the image is made of gold. It is actually by design that it is a golden image. Why? Remember that Daniel mentioned that the king was this head of gold. This image, again, was very large. It must be seen from near and far. The distance must not be an issue. It must be awesome as well. I'm going to translate this to, to meters. The height, as we learn, verse 1 of chapter 3, was 60 cubits and the breadth was 6 cubits. So a cubit, actually, had a translator, is equal to 45 centimeters. So 60 cubits become 27 meters high. And uh, the breadth, in terms of how broad it was, it was 2.7 meters wide. This image was big. I tried to think, the venue ya, Good Shepherd Ministries in Bramfisherville, the size of the land. Remo nakeng e occupying 
1,100 square meters. And this image was 27 meters high. This is really large. And it was 2.7 meters broad. So in a Kalikana, like the gate, yeah, the Good Shepherd Ministries, in terms of the width, King Nebuchadnezzar felt this image must now represent who he is as the king of kings who had the kingdom, he had power, he had strength, and he had the glory. This created a problem in that having conquered everyone, he was now the most powerful king in the world. Now he wanted to be higher than the highest imaginable thing at the time he was living. And therefore, the golden image had to be big. His strategy was to command the leaders in his kingdom to serve him, knowing that once the leaders have succumbed to his leadership and control, those beneath the leaders would follow with no resistance. Kitlo paraphrase Daniel chapter 3 verse 2 up to verse 5. Kitlaibea Nebuchadnezzar gathered together the princes, the governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province, and he said to them, they must fall down and worship the golden image whenever they heard the sound of cornets, flutes, harps, trombones, psaltery, violin, and all kinds of music. When you think of cornets as a musical instrument, it's like a trumpet. When you think of psaltery, these are like guitars, kirikatara. And he said, when you hear music of all kinds, this beautiful music coming up, you must fall down and worship the golden image. The intention, Bazalwani, was for people to worship him because he was represented by this golden image. And he gave an instruction that anybody who does not fall down and worship this image, he would be put into a farafinis and be killed. King Nebuchadnezzar got so arrogant and full of himself that he asked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the following question, realizing that these three Hebrew boys were not falling down, neither were they worshiping the golden image. He said to them, who is that God that shall deliver you out of my kingdom? That's what he implied. But the three Hebrew boys knew the God they worshipped. Even though King Nebuchadnezzar was introduced to the God of heaven by Daniel, who interpreted the dream, it had not changed his heart yet because his mind did not understand that the God of heaven is the God that's in charge. Sometimes we have head knowledge, but if that head knowledge does not change the heart, 
then we've lost out. King Nebuchadnezzar had not given his heart fully to the God of heaven. Hamoto aisi annehele pelo ya hae homodimo. Le haka tseba tsemodimo dietsangkatlaloganyo. They will not change his heart. It's unfortunate King Nebuchadnezzar fell in that category. His heart had not changed even though he was introduced to the God of heaven whom he knew that can interpret dreams and can give knowledge about the dreams a person has had. Be careful, that if God of heaven does not reign in your heart, then the God of this earth is ruling your heart. He will make you think you are the man or the woman of the moment. That's the God of this world. He will make you think that you are making it through your own power. And he will make you be filled with a mindset of me, myself, and I. Be careful. This will result in a great fall. Brethren, Banabamudimo, to have a changed heart is a process. It is not a micro-oven speed type of occurrence. It takes time. Let us be patient with people and continuously bring to their knowledge the God of heaven and give them the insight time and time again. We've got to fill our hearts with the word of God so that the word of God can change our hearts and thereby impact our minds. Ruhutla Nebuchadnezzar declaring in Daniel chapter 3 verse 28 to 29. This is now after Akenze Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And he found that they were not burned. They were still alive. And it's like there was the fourth man in the, in the fire. King Nebuchadnezzar declares and says in verse 28 and 29, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. The servants that have violated the word of the king and yielded their bodies to be burned, that they might serve no other god, nor worship any other god except their own god. And the king went on to make the following decree, and he said, I therefore make a decree that every person, every nation, and any language that speaks against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Their houses will be made a dunghill because there is no God that can deliver after this sort. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, seven times 
bupelo. The lesson we have here is that do not be afraid of those that can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of him that can kill both body and soul and destroy it in hell. Reruto akimura na jeso manzi ahau. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego by sticking to their faith again the second lesson comes to King Nebuchadnezzar that there is a God in heaven. He is all powerful. Rilebella chapter 4, which is our last chapter according to what we want to learn today. We learn the following in chapter 4 after another dream that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had, and that dream was interpreted. Wila Laura Hape, Mudimo na Mufatsuana di Toro, Hutseba Lehubona di Lotzetla Itzahalang, Nakong Etlang. And the Lord wanted him to understand that he, the God of heaven, is the only one that is in charge. But at this point, it had not come through yet in the heart of King Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, Vazalwani, absolute power corrupts absolutely. This is something we learned in politics, that when you have power to a point where you can't hear other people, you will be absolutely corrupted. King Nebuchadnezzar had absolute power. No one could tell him anything. He was the head of gold. He was represented by the image of gold that was bigger than the biggest thing that ever was in his time. And he felt He is the man. God of heaven was still not known, even though he was revealed to him over and over. So this time around, Daniel interprets the dream to him. And Daniel says in verse 17b, that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and he gives it to whomsoever he will and sets up over it the basest or the lowest of men. Because King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom and fame was that great and that wide, he did not honor God in all his achievements. Remember, He took the vessels from the house of God, of the Jews, and he took these vessels and the spoils to the storeroom of his God, Babylon. He still was not recognizing the God of heaven. And he continued in his me, myself, and I. He allowed the spirit of self-upliftment to rule his heart, and his fall was very great. And the results were disastrous and devastating. And this is what followed. Kabaga la pilu enei kuhumosa. Kabaga la moya wahurikiena una umumi. God said, as he gave the interpretation through Daniel, your human heart will be changed to death of a beast. And you will be driven from living with human beings out of the city, away from the houses, and away from the palace. You will stay 
with the beasts of the field. You will eat grass with oxen until a time comes where you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and it is he that gives the kingdom to whomsoever he wills. That part you can read from verse 16 to verse 25 of chapter 4. The greatest problem is self-upliftment. When this spirit settles in the heart of men, it creates the problem. The beasts. Until you know that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of men, and it is He that gives the kingdom to whomsoever He wills. almost towards Pelu ya King Nebuchadnezzar was still arrogant at this point. Go verse 30 of chapter 4. King Nebuchadnezzar walks into his palace and he says the following words. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? Ritabona. In this part, that three times King Nebuchadnezzar is actually uplifting himself. The pronoun I and my combined comes out three times in three statements. Self-raising flower. He feels he's done it by his own. He says that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. This tells us that Haka fetu rebila understand the mudimo. Verse 33 God gave Daniel to tell the king that everything has been fulfilled. For God has magnified his word above all his name. The body, ya King Nebuchadnezzar, was wet with the dew of heaven. Immediately, he fell down and he was no longer the king and a human being like we know. His body grew hair as if he is an eagle. And the nails of his fingers became like the claws of the birds. This happened for some time. Nebuchadnezzar ailo jatlaha afelela alekonachem. Basalwani, in conclusion, there is hope. There is hope if we focus our attention and our hearts to God. 
How then did Nebuchadnezzar get restored? Verse 33 to 35. There are seven things in conclusion. Nebuchadnezzar to recover. One, Nebuchadnezzar lifted his eyes unto heaven because there is no other God but the God of heaven that can change the situation, that actually places people in positions of power. Maso aruna a libele hudimo le hudimong, mo mudimo waruna a pilanting, mudimo wainzen le hudimo le fazi, ar libeleng huyena. Risiker a libella fazi, rasebelezaba fazi, bau ilen hore, eh, So he lifted his eyes unto heaven. Because there's a God in heaven, hallelujah. Number two, he began to bless the Most High God, not a God in a storeroom or a God in a tomb somewhere. Number three, he began praising and honoring him that lives forever, not those that are dead and buried, not those that need eyes but they cannot see, not those that have legs but cannot walk, not those that have mouths but cannot speak. He praised and honored the God who lives forever, hallelujah, whose dominion and kingdom is from generation to generation, hallelujah. Number four, he acknowledged him who does according to his own will in the army of God. hallelujah. The soldiers that are under the control or the rulership of Angel Michael. Number five, King Nebuchadnezzar began to look at the one whose hand cannot be stopped, the one who is omnipotent, the almighty God. He began to recognize the living God. Number six, he began to know that this God you cannot question because his wisdom is as high as the heavens and his ways are very different from our ways. So Nebuchadnezzar lastly repented and began to praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, the one whose works are truth and the one who humbles those that walk in pride. And Nebuchadnezzar was restored back to his kingdom. And this time around, he did three things. One, he emptied himself and allowed God to be the ruler of his heart. Number two, he humbled himself and acknowledged that God is the source of his supply and the strength he has comes from God. Number three, he acknowledged that it is God who has empowered him and not he himself. Let us learn that it is God who works in and through us. Let us empty ourselves so that God can fill us up. For if we do not empty ourselves and we fill ourselves with the spirit of upliftment, the fall will be very great. 
God alone is our supplier and no other one. Three to tile for moya wabi kokomoso kimoya o bolaisang moto ota mankawona. Whatever success you may have wana mudimo, whatever position God may have given you right now, acknowledge that it is God who has empowered you. It is not you yourself. Mudimarituse, that we may always say glory and honor, majesty and power truly belong to him. Hallelujah. Arerapeleng. Dear Heavenly Father, we bless your name and we thank you for your wisdom is not the wisdom of man. Your mercies are new every morning. And that's why Nebuchadnezzar, by repenting, you restored him back to his kingdom. Help us, Father, that we may know you are the only God who needs to be honored because you have magnified your word above all your names. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.